thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. The Real Food Real is a fresh and educational podcast dedicated to your health. We get real on current research, debunk food myths, and educate you on how to just eat real food. Your host, Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist, is one of Australia's leading sports nutritionists, passionate about simplifying nutrition and addicted to coconut lattes, smoothies, and sweet potato. If you love the show, then please leave us a review on iTunes. Share the real food reel with your friends and continue to spread the real food love. Hi guys, and welcome back to The Real Food Real. Today on the show, we are joined by one of our favorite guests, Kirsty Worth from Cultured Wellness. We've had Kirsty on the show a number of times now, but today we've got her back to talk about the specifics of functional pathology in regards to stool testing and why it's so important to test, not guess. Hi Kirsty, and thanks again for joining the show. Hi Steph, thanks so much for having me. Really excited about this topic because I know it's an area where you work, you know, quite specifically. Um, and I know that you're a big fan of stool testing. So let's start with, you know, why and what sort of tests you use with your clients. Yeah, I, I love what you just said then about test, not guess. And it really, that's for me, it, come, it, it came about because we just went around and around and around in circles and sort of, you know, oh, could it be this and could it be that? And for my own health especially, um, you know, I, I spent so much money and so much time trying to investigate what could it possibly be and running around in circles when really if I knew about this testing and I went and got it done, it would, it would literally have cut off years in the understanding of what was wrong with my health and how to fix my health. So it's just so important to get this kind of testing done because, um, you know, having for gut issues, which obviously then can, you know, sort of manifest in issues from throughout your whole system from mental health right through to, you know, having rashes on your skin, um, finding out what's going on in your gut through a stool test can really be the window into your health and can help you to understand, right, so there's an imbalance in here and this is what the imbalance is and this is my direction forward. And it becomes very clinical, evidence-based and you have a strategy and a plan of attack to move forward, which when you have got some health issues and you're dealing with symptoms every day, it's just the biggest blessing to be able to, know what's going on and got move forward and there's no sort of questioning anymore. So yeah, I'm I'm such a big fan of it and I find that you get a lot of results a lot quicker because you just you just know and you can just you know move forward with making sure that you can find that balance. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, I was just thinking I um met someone yesterday who was telling me all about their candida and what they've tried and you know, their outcomes, and then I realized they had self-diagnosed from Dr. Google, and, you know, my immediate response was, look, to be honest, the symptoms can be more than just candida. It can be a combination of factors, and it's really not a good idea to self-diagnose because then what you do is essentially guess 
and maybe ignore a problem that's creating that issue in the first place. Mm, absolutely. And, you know, we'll go into more detail and talk about this, but, um, you know, there's this beautiful dance within our body because we have, you know, we're made up of all those microbes and the, the dance is getting that balance right of, you know, who goes where and who does this job and who does that job. And, and if you get their balance out by self-diagnosing and taking the wrong probiotic or, um, you know, having the wrong antimicrobial or something, um, yeah, you can, you can actually make yourself sicker or more unwell and, um, and have more implications. And then obviously that's going to take longer to come around and to come back into balance again. So, yeah, it's, um, it's certainly worth investigating. Yeah, and I think that's another important point because, you know, time is money and the amount of time and actual money that you might spend on guessing a condition or self-medicating can really add up over time. But what's quite fascinating, and I'm sure this is your experience at least to a degree, is that, you know, when someone first finds out the cost of stool testing, you know, that can be a really big barrier. And don't get me wrong, I can, you know, completely understand that. But you have to also think about the money that you'll save from not just, you know, taking a stab in the dark and doing lots of different things with essentially no result. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I have a client of mine and she's added up now, ballpark figure, of course, but she's added up. She's probably spent about $80,000 on her health. And that was, you know, diagnosed with PCOS and it needing to be on specific medication, having to take time off work all the time because of, you know, pain. And, and you know, she had certain um, doctor's appointments and, you know, so many specialist appointments. And she did. She was like, I think I've spent around $80,000 on my health. Now, when she got her, her gut test done, and the one that we use is the bioscreen test, and I know that you like that one too, Steph, and it's $440, so I'm not saying it's cheap at all, but when you've already paid out $80,000, um, you know, the $440 doesn't seem like much, and if she had have done that at the start, she would have seen that she had this infection that was in her gut, and she could have really made steps forward to be able to eradicate that infection and then probably would have saved herself the $80,000. But, you know, this is a new area of science and we're learning all the time. So we can't beat ourselves up about it and, you know, oh, my gosh, if only I'd done this because, you know, what we know now is so different to five years ago. So, you know, we're all moving forward and learning. But I think, um, yeah, you you almost sort of need to see it as an investment in your health and, yeah, a great money-saving tool as well. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just talk a little bit more about Bioscreen because that is uh, a Melbourne-based company who we've started working with more recently here at The Natural Nutritionist. Um, can you just give a bit of a rundown um, how the test works just for those that aren't familiar with stool testing? Yeah, so Bioscreen, basically what happens is it's um, – they send you a little kit and so in the privacy of your own home, you collect some stool which you then send back to them and there's different ways of testing your stool. You can 
do it through um, CDSA, which is more testing your DNA, and then we can do it through actually culturing the stool and looking at the organisms that live in there. So um, Bioscreen has, you know, their way of testing of culturing the stool. And so basically what they can do is find out what organisms, good or bad, are living in there, and it's very specific. And what I love about what they do is they test um, parasites and um, they have very robust testing for parasites. And um, unfortunately, parasites like, um, you know, we've talked about these um, before, Steph, like the blasto and the defragilis, um, you know, they can be so harmful to someone's health. And so to have such in-depth testing to be able to find out that you have those parasites can really, really change someone's health so quickly. And the bioscreen tests do give very, very comprehensive results for what's going on with your health. So it's quite different than if you went to the doctor and you said, I, oh, you know, I feel, you know, like I've got, you know, had this tummy problem and this has been happening and that's been happening. And the doctor says, oh, well, give me a stool test and I'll send it off. Now, that's wonderful and it will test what's going on in your gut and giving you that, you know, absolutely huge, wonderful picture of what's happening and how you can move forward if you've got any infections or anything. So, um, you know, it's like the Rolls Royce of testing and it's so individualized and tailored to you. So you can um, really move forward and um, make some great changes. Yeah, amazing. So I had my test done um, late last year, so late 2016, um, and we're going to use my test as a little bit of a, I guess, a model for today's discussion so everyone gets to learn more about my gut, <laughs> which I'm, I'm more than happy to share. But I will just say that um, I did my testing literally the week after I got back from uh, a month in Europe. So I will admit that I was consuming lots of rosé and certainly lots of french fries. <laughs> so <laughs> I know that some of my results are a reflection of that month being out of my normal routine, but I still think that there's going to be some fascinating information and certainly some more long-standing stuff that's potentially been there for, you know, a lot longer than just being in Europe having fun for 30 days with your girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let's start with with my test result and certainly, um, you know, a, a step-by-step process of what you would prioritize and, and where you would start for the analysis of those results. Yeah. So the best, well, the first place that I'd like to start when I'm looking at someone's bioscreen results is to start with um, looking at what are their bacteroides. Now, these bacteroides are anaerobes. They live in the gut and they are like the foundations of our health. So they're very, very important to have. They're very also important to have a lot of, you know, distribution of them. So lots of them. So there's this guy called Dr. Jeff Leach, who I absolutely love, who started the Human Gut Project. And he has been um, calling for people all around the world to send in their stool so he can create a huge database to understand what's living in our gut and what's happening to our society today with regards to our gut microbiome. So what he found was when he tested the gut microbiome and certainly looked at those bacteroides in Western society and certainly in, you know, people living in the city, um, they had quite limited distribution of these bacteroides species. 
So when he then went to the Hudson tribe and uh, tested their bacteroides, they had a huge array of diversity. And they found from their data, and actually, Steph, you might have, we haven't even caught up on this yet because it's quite new that's come out, that from looking at all their data and sort of extrapolating some really good information from that, they've found about 115 strains that Western society and people that sort of live in built-up urban areas, they're missing as opposed to the people in the Hudson tribe. So, and, you know, those people that were missing those bacteroides strains, it certainly has implications for health and there's definite correlations between the distribution, so how many you've got of um, those and if you have suffered from any health conditions and certainly autoimmune conditions. So those bacteroides are such a great place to look because you can't just, you know, pop a pill and grow them. They're sort of the foundations of what you're born with and how you grow. So they're the first things that I like to look at. So, you know, when um, I first looked at your test there, Steph, it was so good to see that you've got a good distribution there and, um, you know, we want to have the numbers up quite high and you're certainly sitting in within that range. So, you know, that's certainly a good indication that your foundations are great and, you know, we don't need to... Um, get quite nervous and think, oh, my gosh, how are we going to grow these guys and um, what to do next? So that that's a wonderful place to start is what is sort of the foundations and what is what are we dealing with here? So that's the first place that I would look. Okay, great. So mine were about, well, nearly 79% when normal distribution is 90 to 95. So tell us on the flip side what you might see in someone that's either extremely unwell or doesn't have that foundation? Yeah, so unfortunately, um, you know, we obviously, we get a lot of our bacteroides through the birth canal when, we, when we're born. That's one way that we sort of pick them up and start inoculate them. Um, and unfortunately, I have seen in some of my clients um, people that literally, I mean, the distribution there, like you said, should be around 90%. I've seen clients with as low as 2% bacteroides. Wow. Which means that they just don't have um, like an army in there to protect them. They, they, it's just overrun by pathogens instead of, you know, those little good guys putting up a fight and making sure that they're making all that beautiful nutrients and protecting, you know, growing their immune system and protecting them. And, um, you know, when, when you can see that, you know, that, or when I see that, I know that person is really struggling with health, with their health. And there's a bit of a, you know, a, a bit of a process to grow them. So for you, Steph, we'd sort of talk about, you know, upping the broth a little bit more and some meat fibres just to bump yours up that little bit more and obviously lots of fibre, um, which, you know, <laughs> wasn't a big part of your diet when you were travelling through Europe. <laughs> so, you know, very easy. You just get back on those vegetables and the broth and your usual foods and very quickly you can bounce that back up again. But when someone has 2%, that's really tough to come back from. So what would you do in that instance? Well, we know that fecal microbial transplants are a great way of rebuilding the, um, you know, what's going in your gut, what's living in your gut. So some people, when they have something that low, also have the bacteroides that are that low, 
and they have lots of pathogens, it, it would be worth investigating having that fecal microbial transplant, which basically means you take someone else's bacteroides and all those you know, beautiful strains and popping them inside your gut and then starting again. So it's taking someone else's microbes and putting them inside your gut and then growing them and back with beautiful foods and fibres and um, making sure that they stick around. So um, that's, you know, sort of something that some people have to investigate when, when their gut balance is so out of whack. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so then after the bacteroides, what would be our next step of interpreting interpreting this test so we'd sort of look at okay who else is living in there and who else isn't living in there so with your test Steph we can see that you've got some enterococcus living in there and also some streptococcus living in there so these guys are you know it's a bacterial infection and we you know you certainly don't want those bacterial infections in your body because then your body's working extra hard your immune system has to deal with that um, it certainly um, causes inflammation in the body and it just can make you really tired and fatigued. And what can happen is when those infections take over, they crowd out those wonderful other supportive bacteria strains in the gut that we need to, you know, digest um, minerals and nutrients and help us create our neurotransmitters. So, when your streptococcus is high, things like your good E. coli levels are low. They work on like a seesaw. So E. coli levels are amazing. Well, E. coli strains are amazing. They help you with your short-term and long-term memory. They help to create vitamin K2. They help us to make melatonin, mm. which is one of the most amazing um, hormones that we have that helps us sleep. It's the, you know, it's the thing at night that dims the shutters on us and sends us off to bed and makes us tired. So if you've got really high streptococcus, you're going to have low E. coli and that's going to cause brain fog and you're going to be wired all the time and not be able to sleep but feeling super, super tired and you'll have, um, you know, you just won't feel that energy. You won't be able to absorb your nutrients. And so um, having an infection can then have a flow-on effect of changing, um, you know, our, our sort of how we run, how our body is supposed to function. It can actually really crowd out those beautiful microbes and won't let them do their job. And, you know, we see ill health sort of starting. So I would look at, okay, who's living in there and who are they impacting? So we know that streptococcus is living in there and it's going to impact your E. coli because yours is, you know, just a little bit down but it's not too bad. And we would then, well, I would then look at the symptoms. So we can also see that that rosé has sort of <laughs> brought on a little bit of candida <laughs> in the body mm. and that's to be expected. We all know that drinking um too much alcohol is going to um, be a wonderful breeding ground for candida to flourish because it loves to chew up sugars yeah. and that's how it, you know, basically, you know, grows and how it can really take over the gut because we want a little bit of candida in there. It helps us to digest nutrients. It helps us with our heavy metals. But it, once it 
grows and takes over, that's when it gets into trouble. And we can have symptoms like brain fog and, um, you know, the memory's pretty bad and it can, you know, obviously impact our liver and make us so tired and worn out and our energy levels and bloating, all those horrible sort of, you know, IBS gut sort of symptoms. So, um, yeah, we'd look at who's living in there and then what are the symptoms and what is more prevalent? So for you, Steph, at the moment, your energy levels are probably quite low and you're probably feeling a bit exhausted in the mornings and um, your brain fog might be happening a little bit. So for you, like I would suggest, focus on the candida first because that's um, because it's something, a yeast that we want in the body still. It does, it, it's quite easy to get an imbalance with good food, the right anti-fungals, um, and obviously the right probiotics, you can get that under control. So you'd start there and then you'd move on to the streptococcus, which might have been more of a long-standing infection that's been hanging out in the gut. Yeah, okay, fascinating. And I like that step-by-step because, you know, getting a report like Bioscreen um, can be you know, it can be quite easy to start to look at targeting everything and almost individually without factoring in some of those seesaws that we've touched on um, and also that, you know, it is really important to prioritise. Yeah, and and it's so important to realise that fixing your gut and your health, you're not going to get a test like this and be told, I'll take this particular probiotic and you'll be fixed. Mm. You need to work with, you know, someone like yourself, Steph, or with my team, and it takes time, and you do have to chip away at it. It's like climbing a mountain. If you want to get to the top of that mountain and feel awesome and have that optimal health, you've got to go to base camp first, and then you've got to go to first camp and second camp, and, you know, first camp might be dealing with candida, and second camp's dealing with the streptococcus, and third camp is growing all those beautiful, good microbes that you want in there. And once you've done all those steps and you've gone about it, and it might take a few months, then you achieve your dreams. You get to the top of that mountain and you feel awesome. But, um, it, yeah, it's you've got to really work at it, take your time, take responsibility and understand it, and make those changes um, because that's what's going to get you there, not just, oh, I've got this, I'm going to take this tablet and then I'll be fine. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk more about candida. So I know that you've just released um, a specific candida-related product with um, some herbs I'd love to hear about. And then I'd also like to get your thoughts on the optimal diet because we certainly hear about um you know fruit quite a lot and i'd love to hear your thoughts on that in relation to candida yeah so candida loves sugar and it loves fruit and it loves carbohydrates it's an organism that needs to be fed like we are so when it comes to diet you want to make sure that you're you're nourishing your body the most important thing but you don't want to be nourishing the candida at the same time. So um, you want to be having beautiful um, meats and broths and fermented foods and you want to be able to have, you know, some vegetables and you want to be able to have your fruits because they have lots of antioxidants and nutrients. But certain vegetables and fruits just simply have too much sugar in them for candida. So the best thing to do is 
anything that's got too much sugar in it, um, like bananas or mangoes or anything like that, it, you just ferment them. The fermenting process takes out the sugar and then turns that, you know, wonderful food into like a probiotic bomb really because the, the little microbes in the fermenting process eat up the sugar and they proliferate and create these amazing probiotics. So um, I'm not a fan of having fruit when you've got a candida imbalance, but I am a fan of keeping nutrients in. So fermenting them will mean that you're not going to starve and you're not going to be devoid of nutrients, but you're not going to feed the candida. And once again, things like sweet potato or things like carrots even, they're really high in sugar and especially high in fructose. So you're going to be better off fermenting the carrots. You're going to be better off fermenting beetroots and some of those high sugar, high carb vegetables because they're going to, um, you know, feed the candida. But once again, you want to keep that nutrients in. I certainly prefer people that are on the candida, um, you know, killing off and, well, not killing off, sorry, balancing candida, prefer that um, you sort of leave grains for a little while just because candida loves those carbohydrates and most grains have carbohydrates in them. So you're definitely going to be more that paleo sort of style where you're focusing on, on those good quality fats and proteins and vegetables and um, just leaving all of the carbs and grains until the balance is back in again and then you can move forward into having some of those beautiful resistant starches and beautiful starches. And then when it comes to, sorry, I answered your last question That's first, okay. Steph, but now I'm going back to the first one. But when it comes to um, our, our candida herbs, we have, we do, they're the most amazing herbs. They're all organic and they're hand crushed and they're very, very much designed for making sure you get that balance back without the harsh antibiotics or antifungals, which can cause their own troubles, really. So our herbs are for, yeah, when you're rebalancing, they're amazing at um, getting that candida level down. They're very, very effective. They're quite potent, like everything that we do at Cultured Wellness. So if you find, I mean, you know, we recommend to take two tablets on an empty stomach before each meal, so that's three times a day. But if you find that you take those candida herbs and you get some pretty severe bloating or you get some um, gas or some diarrhea, just drop the dose a little bit and take your time. Just go slowly. You don't have to you know, go all out from the start because you want to make sure that your body can handle it and it doesn't, you don't go too quickly. So we have our candida herbs, which is an absolute must. They're in, um, we do them in a 30-day round or 30-day sort of treatment. And some people who've got quite a big imbalance and even for you, Steph, I would recommend sort of two, three rounds. So that would be sort of two, three months of taking them so you can really get that balance right. And then candida, by its nature, it loves to build biofilms. Now, these biofilms is a complex structure of proteins that is like a little protective layer that goes over the candida. And really, until you peel back that little layer 
um, you won't really truly be able to get to the candida and make a change to it. So I do recommend also taking the biofilm enzymes that we also have at Culture Wellness that break down that film and then you can take your candida herbs that will go directly to, you know, making sure that you're um, rebalancing it. So it's a, it's a wonderful, like the candida bundle is amazing because really to make a change, you need that biofilm, you need those herbs, and as part of that bundle, we also have the kiffer in there as well, the kiffer starter. So you can make your own coconut water kiffer because kiffer is really high in lactobacillus strains. And we know that lactobacillus strains and candida also work on a bit of a seesaw. So if your candida is high, like yours is at the moment, your Steph, your lactobacillus are going to be low. And so you want to make sure that you go in there with the um, kiffer at the same time so you can crowd out the candida and pre, you know, bring in the, the big guns or the good guys to keep the balance just right. So, and the cool thing about that bundle is, uh, as well is, you know, you, lot, you have your support team around you like Steph or myself to help you and guide you through this. But there's also an ebook there which goes through in detail step by step on the diet and how to take the herbs and what is that biofilm and how do you you create that balance again so you're thriving and you feel good. Yeah, amazing because there are lots of different, I think, approaches for candida and it can be one of those conditions where there's a lot of confusion surrounding it. So that's a fantastic resource Um, and I've already started taking the herbs but I definitely haven't started taking the biofilm. So is that something I can do at the same time as the candida herbs? Absolutely, Mm -hmm. absolutely, yeah. It's a must to take them together. Okay, excellent. Yeah, really fascinating. I mean those seesaws and how the body works is so fascinating because my bifido are low, like actually I've got none, which is quite embarrassing really, but hopefully a direct reflection of my holiday. Um, But, you know, I think what is really important in this example is to acknowledge that 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 imbalance can be occurring because of what else is going on. So, yeah, so, mm. oh, sorry, I just cut you off. (laughs) What I was going to say about that seesaw is, you know, our bifidos, we we you've got to love them up because they do so much in the body. So you've got to give them lots of energy and lots of extra time because they are the foundation of um, our immune system and they're the foundation of our neurotransmitters. So we feel really good and we've got a lot of that serotonin making us feel happy. They digest our fiber and all of our you know vegetables and our plant matter. So we really need those bifido strains. But if they're low, it just is an absolute awesome opportunity for the strep to grow. Mm. So it's another sort of seesaw because if the bifidos are low, your immune system is going to be low. And when your immune system is going to be low, infections have a great chance of taking up house and, you know, coming to the party. So um, once again, by nature of a, a multi-prong attack of building up those bifido strains, and addressing the strep, you've got such a better chance of very quickly rebalancing your health. And when it comes to building up those bifido strains, um, 
like the lactobacillus in the kipper, when you make the culture wellness yogurt, they are really high in bifido strains, so quite different because bifido strains grow on fiber and the coconut yogurt is made with coconut cream, which has got that beautiful fiber in it. So those bifido strains eat up that fiber and that's how they grow. So it's actually got 47 billion CFU in one cup of the yogurt. Now CFU is how we measure the amount of you know, probiotics or the amount of good bacteria in there. That's um, how, yeah, how we measure when you look at a probiotic tablet. That'll be, oh, it's got, you know, 3 million CFU. Mm. Yeah. So 47 billion CFU in a cup of yogurt is massive, <laughs> absolutely massive. <laughs> it's like a, an absolute nutrition bomb. It's medicine. I just look at it as medicine. And so don't be surprised if when you start it, if you've got some imbalances and certainly if you've definitely got low bifido, you might start to find that you get a little bit of, um, you know, changes and you might get some symptoms like that bloating and, you know, diarrhea and, and, and a little bit of fatigue and foggy brain. And that's all to be expected. So don't shy away from it because you're making great steps forward in changing the balance. Yeah, I think that's a really important point. Like I started the Candida Herbs and for about a week I felt pretty horrendous, like definitely changes in bowel habits, not to share too much information, like quite bloated, you know, and I was really aware of what was going on there. So for me it wasn't a shock and I didn't freak out. So I think it's really important to understand that there can appear to be a regression, which is just that initial phase before you come out the other side. Absolutely. And, you know, and I often talk to my clients about embracing that Mm. because, you know, you're winning the war when that happens. And so you should, even though you feel a bit crapola, you should actually, you know, this is awesome. I'm really making a change. This is a really good sign. And, And, you know, your practitioner can work with you to talk to you about things like activated charcoal and bentonite clay that are going to mop up some of those toxic symptoms, like those those tools that you can use, like the activated charcoal, you can take them in a tablet and they just um, bind to the toxins that are being released by the changes in your gut and they can bind to, you know, stop some of that, you know, if you've got sort of loose stools or anything like that. So there are ways that you can minimise the, the fallout and sort of move forward from that. So it's, yeah, embrace it. Don't be so, don't worry. Because it's it's a path to getting there. Yeah, it's a path to healing for sure. So we've spoken about um, my candida and that's definitely where I wanted to start because of, you know, some of the fatigue I've been experiencing. Um, but something else that you and I have discussed in the past is, um, you know, what else a high level of strep can create. And you and I were talking about this off air as well. Can, you, can we talk about strep a little bit more and some of the common symptoms because of the endotoxins and how that might affect athletes? Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, strep is my arch nemesis, my personal arch nemesis mm. <laughs> because I, um, I had even autoimmune condition strep layers up. It can cause quite significant issues. It has an endotoxin that crosses the blood-brain barrier. 
Now, what that actually means is that endotoxin can get into your brain and can actually impact your brain and how you feel. So we know that some people who suffer from high, high levels of stress can really, really struggle with mental health disorders and it's horrible. It's debilitating. So OCD is a big one. Um, you know, obviously depression and anxiety, all of these things are actually born from having a strep infection. The coolest thing is that the area of psychiatry now and the research in psychiatry is just coming forward leaps and bounds. And there are psychiatrists now around the world that talk to them with these issues. They will actually do a bioscreen test and they'll find that you've got strep and they'll treat that as opposed to treating with antidepressants. How amazing. And it's just such a, yeah, gosh, it's so wonderful. Mm. And, you know, because for us, you know, I had such high strep and had all of those symptoms and was just told to go on antidepressants. And, you know, I had streptococcus is very, uh, it produces, you know, lactic acid within the body as one of its byproducts. So you constantly have aching muscles. You're so acidic. It's very, very hard to live in that sort of acidic state all the time. And so, um, you, you know, it can cause so so much fallout. And when you're feeling like that, um, it can also cause ticks. That's another unfortunate thing is, um, you know, the ticks that some of, especially kids get. And it's very high in kids on the spectrum. So um, autistic t- children like my son, son, for example, had very, very high strips and was causing a lot of his um, OCD and a lot of his autistic-like symptoms. So, um, you know, if you're dealing with mental health or aches and pains or rheumatoid arthritis, or any of those autoimmune conditions, look to your gut because you'd be amazed at what's living in there and what's releasing toxicity and the fallout is those symptoms that you're experiencing. You know what? Like that is the best thing anyone's ever said because seriously, these poor children are being diagnosed with this condition and no one's even looked at their gut. Like that is an absolute tragedy. Yeah. So I almost like jumped with joy and went out and you know celebrated for a week there's there's this new study that just came through from the university in Arizona that tested the gut of 26 autistic kids and they found huge infections in with these kids and they actually gave all of those children an FMT Mm -hmm. which is what we talked about before so replacing your horrible microbes and all those pathogens with the beneficial uh, good guys, sorry to be so, you know, <laughs> so low-key, but, yeah, with those good guys. And within days they measured their behaviour on a very, very sophisticated, um, you know, scale through, you know, psychological testing. And they found that they had, um, a, I think, on the first couple of days, an 11% increase in behaviour and cognitive awareness. And then it went up to a 30% increase after about six weeks. They did nothing else with these kids but dealt with their guts and there was a significant shift in their behaviour. So I've known this obviously because I'm dealing this with my son and so it's anecdotal, my life, it's what I experience and I couldn't, it's just so obvious to me. But it is so cool now that we're getting some, 
wonderful, you know, studies, really, really, really amazing studies that are now backing it. So hopefully we can start to move forward with this. But, you know, it should just be an absolute one-on-one, 101. Like if someone goes to see someone and they're suffering from mental health or if they've got, you know, a child on the spectrum or if they've got rheumatoid arthritis, it should be just test your gut. What's living in there? Because that's what's causing the symptoms instead of that's the diagnosis. Yeah, I completely agree. And amazing that the science is there now because obviously it can't be ignored and hopefully there'll be some more funding allocated so we can continue to explore that area because the treatment has been so, I guess, so wrong and ineffective for so long. Yeah, it really has. That's my greatest dream. Like, you know, as culture wellness moves forward, I just want to keep funding PhD students to. Oh, you're <laughs> beautiful. To read, like, yeah. <laughs> all I want to do is just put it all back into the science because, um, you know, that's how our society works. And so let's just move with that. But, um, you know, if the research and the, the studies are there, then, then, you know, our caregivers in the community will take that on board and then we'll filter down through the community. So. Yeah, Amazing. more 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 funding. We need it. We need it. Absolutely. So, just wanted to jump back on to um, to wrap up the strep conversation. So, in regards to athletes in particular, like you mentioned, the the production of lactic acid, which can really impact, obviously, performance. What are the other effects, say, on our aerobic capacity that something like high strep could have? So. Um, we find that strep can often really impact the kidneys and um, we see it time and time again, you know, obviously lots of people have kidney infections that are born by streptococcus and our kidneys are such an important organ in our body for being able to, you know, pump our blood, clear infections, but it also regulates, you know, so many functions and one of them is, you know, making sure that we've got that lung capacity and so, you find that if you've got a streptococcus infection and you've got a lot of acidity in your body, you just don't have that capacity. So you're constantly short of breath. You really struggle to keep up. And on the flip side of that, you wake up the next day and you just are so fatigued and so sore and so tired and your recovery is just really hard because your electrolytes are going to be so out of balance because you know, potassium and your magnesium, sodium levels are all out of whack because your kidneys are dealing with an infection and they can't keep up with the infection, let alone keep up with if you were going and running a marathon. That would It would just tip them over the edge. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it can, you know, I once again, you know, for myself, like, oh, I would go and, you know, I used to race mountain bikes and do some pretty like, fun stuff like that and, I just, I just couldn't understand. I would train in the same way as all my friends but could never recover like them and never had the capacity like they did. But I was the one eating well and I was the one that would sleep well. Mm. I wouldn't party as hard. And I'm like, I, could, I mean, how much more could I have done? But I was always felt like I was on the back foot and, um, you know, and now I know why. Like I was dealing with a really serious infection in my body um, but eating the wrong foods and not clearing that lactic acid and being and just so super super acidic and not being able to recover. So, you know, you'll never progress 
in your goals for what you want to do being an athlete if you don't address the you know the underlying foundation which is always going to be your gut health yeah again showing the importance of testing because the irony with athletes if they're not um, able to keep up or if they're not getting results is they're often like their answer is often to train more right which isn't going to fix the issue when there's um, an infection yeah, and all your body and your immune system wants to do is go to sleep mm. and rest and recuperate. So absolutely, you know, if you've got an infection, like like you, Steph, you've got this little streptococcus infection mm. happening in there at the moment. If you trained too hard at the moment, it, you'd be in all sorts of trouble because your immune system is drilling down all of your zinc. It's taking away all your vitamin C just to stay. We keep your head above water. Anyway, just sort of sitting around on daily sort of job, let alone when we go and do hard exercise or any form of exercise, it puts our body under stress anyway and takes some nutrients away. So, yeah, starting on the back foot and then pushing yourself too hard, it's, you, you're really going to um, – well, what will happen is you push your adrenals and then you'll, you'll change your microbiome and then the strep will grow even further and take over even more so you actually are pushing you know the imbalance out so you just have to take some time out get the tests recover and then get back to it much stronger yeah fantastic advice so what are your top three tips for dealing with a strep infection okay so oil of oregano is the absolute go-to that Mm -hmm. is the most amazing um basically nature's antibiotic for killing it because you don't want to go in here with um, infection. The, you know, erythromycin is sort of the first traditional port of call. It's an antibiotic that kills it off. Now, if you take that antibiotic, it will kill off the strep infection, but it will kill off all your other beautiful microbes that are living in there that do all the good things. They're the ones we want to hold on to. So we don't want to take antibiotics, but nature's antibiotic is the oil of oregano. And it is amazing and it will make big changes very, very quickly. So I like to use quite high doses of that so it does replicate having um, an antibiotic and using good quality oil of oregano, so things like um, doTERRA or living oils or um, you might have some other ones, Steph, that you recommend to your clients. But, um, you know, making sure that you're really getting, you know, like sort of the 10 drops or the 20 drops of that and, um, you know, having it either in a capsule because it tastes pretty gross <laughs> or putting it in your drink and obviously drinking it down. The second thing that I highly recommend to do in conjunction with that is obviously taking your biofilm again, so the cultured wellness biofilm products because streptococcus, like we talked about with candida, also forms a biofilm. And so you're not going to be able to get to that infection unless you've peeled that biofilm back and address and sort of gone in there and it kills off the streptococcus. The third thing that I would well, can I do four? Yeah. <laughs> you can definitely have four. <laughs> Sorry, pushing boundaries here. Um, the third thing is I, I can't recommend highly enough how important it is to recuperate from this kind of stuff. So give your body and yourself a break. Recover from the infection. You have an infection in your body. So recover. So those random sweats that you've been getting 
or the really tightness in your body or the fatigue, that's your body telling you you're fighting something. So take some time out. If you take time out and you do it well, it doesn't need to be much, three, four days. But if you don't, it'll linger. It'll go on and on and on and on. And then obviously the fourth thing that I'd like to um, sort of mention there is once again, your diet is going to be really important. Strep loves fructose, absolutely loves it. That's what it grows off of. So once again, if you're having lots of sugar in your diet or you're having heaps of fruit or if you're having grains, you're feeding that infection and it's going to multiply. So the best thing once again is to go back to a diet that's nourishing to you like fats and proteins and beautiful uh, vegetables but more on the lower carb and sugar side of things but don't take the nutrients out, just ferment it and then still keep it in your diet because your body, because it's trying to heal, is going to want all of those beautiful nutrients like, you know, if you ferment some orange juice, for example, the vitamin C in there is amazing and your immune system will love you for it. So um, look at your diet as an absolute um, medicine. And once again, we know that the streptococcus and the bifido strains sort of cause that little seesaw there. So a cup of yogurt, the culture wellness yogurt a day is, is vital for building up that bifido strains again so it can crowd out the streptococcus at the same time. So it's just sort of that multi-prong attack. Yeah, amazing. Oh, such good advice. <laughs> I'm so excited to making um, a few more additions and getting rid of these guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you will, you will. They yeah. just step by step and you'll be there. Yeah, for sure. So, guys, I'll put all the show notes um, with regards to culture wellness and the products that we've been speaking about. So please head there to find out more. But I'll also share um, parts of my test result with you so you can see um, exactly how that looks from a bias screen point of view for those of you that haven't done the testing. And by all means, if you've got any questions, you can definitely contact Kirsty or myself and we'd love to help you with your gut healing journey. Kirsty, it's been so good to chat. I could speak to you all day, um, but really awesome to chat to you about this specific topic and look forward to having you back on the show in the near future. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Steph. That's awesome. Thanks again. See you later. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.